It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. It takes a lot of hard work to make it look easy. This Mother's Day, Duluth Trading Co. can help you give her something that keeps up. Whether you prefer to shop online or in-store, Duluth has a motherload of gear, goods, and gifts to keep her comfortable and capable, no matter what needs doing. With Duluth's problem-solving details and legendary durability to boot, you'll finally be mom's favorite again. Check out DuluthTrading.com for all your Mother's Day gifting needs. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the BBC Country Farm magazine podcast. This is episode six of season six and it's a rare treat. My name is Fergus Collins and I'm the editor of the magazine and host of this award-winning podcast. So I'm lucky enough to get the chance to take you on weekly escapes into the countryside to explore beautiful landscapes, chat to interesting people and, as is particularly the case in this episode, meet some spectacular wildlife. I live in the Brecon Beacons and I recently discovered that one of my neighbours is the ornithologist Steve Roberts. Steve monitors populations of rare birds in Britain and is most famous for his work with honey buzzards. But when I caught up with him, he was tracking one of Britain's strangest creatures just a few minutes' drive from my front door. He kindly invited me along for an evening of eeriness in the company of night jars. These nocturnal migrant birds are the source of many legends and strange folklore. So let's start with a taste of nightjar magic, with a reading from poet and author Eden Philpotts from 1919, voiced by Hannah Tribe. Better than many more melodious singers, I love the monotonous music of the goat sucker. He has but two notes, and after sustaining the higher for 30 seconds or more, drops half a tone upon the lower, and so concludes his burst of song. He loves the twilight, for his great eyes hardly endure full day, and he haunts the stony places in the open scrub at forest edge. His long, drawn purr, rising and falling and throbbing through the dusk of June, is precious in itself, and also because it wakens remembered vigils with lonely dingles in the gloaming, with still pools wherein stars were mirrored, and the faces of stone-grey heaps fading into darkness. It's always a bit weird walking in a place you've never been to meet someone you've never met before. So I'm on a forest track and all I can see above me is a hill where it's been felled recently. Apparently this was large. And it's just purple with foxgloves. Spires of foxgloves towering over. 
several thousand of them. They obviously wait until the trees have been chopped down. And then they spring up from seeds dormant in the soil. It's like fire. So from here I can look north to see Sugarloaf, Blorange, and the outlying mounds of the Black Mountains here. Uh, it's an absolutely beautiful evening, so still wispy clouds with a bit of sun still on them. And now I'm walking through the middle of the foxgloves with a tree pipit still singing. And I can see two people in the dock ahead. Hi, I'm Fergus. Alright? I couldn't resist. <laughs> After all you told me. So oh, we chatted yeah. on the phone. Okay. Yeah. It's my son John. Hi John. Right. Nice to meet you. That's my, my, my mate down there who's going to try and cover that one. Yeah. What's what's this all that's called? Buster. Buster. Yeah. Yes, that's you. So um, this is a, an amazing spot. Perfect, yeah. Perfect Look at that. For it though, isn't it? Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> you can see the whole of Monmouthshire. It's worth coming for that. Yeah. I love the way that you can see the valley heading up to Pandy. Yeah. yeah. Right, isn't it? But there's uh, a lot of night here, yeah, and, and I haven't been round that corner. Right. You okay. know, it, it goes on for quite some way, and I'm sure there'd be the same number of night across there. So really? okay. once I've tried to sort out a few things here, I'm going to move on, uh, you know, if I can sort some things out. Yeah. So what attracts them? I mean, obviously, this is clear fell, and whenever I've seen or heard night jars, it's been this sort of yeah. habitat. Day. Well, I mean, they were heathland birds originally, and right. the heathlands have disappeared, and they've really come yeah. not so much. So nightjars decreased across the country, and then they just started taking up to this stuff, which yeah. is like a little bit like heathland, I suppose. Yeah, it does feel well. I suppose the fo foxgloves and the willow yeah, willow herb are yeah. doing the job of. Um, and also the numbers increased again, and and the clearfells now are, are a sort of vital yeah. habitat for them. They're transitional, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So this this will regenerate. Into yeah, and then it, it's no good. But they'll yeah. still nest in stuff like that, you see. Yeah. Provided they've um, been nesting here for a while, because th that that stuff that's growing now mm, at the back, while this was still standing, yeah, there were two pairs in there. Right. There's enough open spaces in there that they they can find somewhere to nest. And then since they've taken this out, then they've just. Yeah. So it's amazing how they f slip in because yeah. I mean, I'm used to them in sort of Surrey heaths and yeah, those yeah. sort of places. So they, 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 uh -huh. But of course, trying to find them on here is a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. So you're you're trying to pinpoint all the nests to get an idea of, of yeah, numbers. Yeah. Look, well, look to look to see how many are breeding. I'll ring the chicks if, I, if we find them then. Right. Um, but the way to do it is to you, you could try walking over this with a stick, but you mean you've got to put your foot on them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. That. It's the, the dog helps, but yeah. you know you can just walk past them. Is Buster trained to sniff out night? He, he does flush them. Yeah. Just covers a lot of ground, you know. Yeah. But there was a nest just there. Mm. Um, the, the eggshells are there now, just on oh, over on, on the bank, brother. Oh yeah. Just just yeah. three really? four yards just off here. the road. Wow, gosh. And um, but they failed in all the rain. Yeah, so they left a nest and. Well, I mean, yeah, they're just yeah. it's so heavy the rain. I don't suppose the yeah. chicks have got chilled if they were small. Yeah. Um, but but I came the other evening, and um, I hadn't found that nest there. It's just that I knew that um, 
when I was here one evening, they, they were alarming at me. Right. I, see that stick there on the path? That's your came pointer, there with is the it? Dog, yeah. And they were going, she was going crackers around me, around, around by there. So I realised that there was a nest somewhere near. I came the other evening, a couple of hours earlier than this, and I, and I walked up onto that area there, and I could see the eggshells where they'd hatched. And, and of course, since I'd been here, it, it hadn't stopped raining. But they um, will, you think they might give it another go? Oh, they will do, yeah. yeah. They will do. They have two broods anyway. Do they? Oh, okay. Not Gosh, well I don't know often. anything about nightjars. I mean, I've heard them a few times around mm. the place. But, um, if, if they're on a nest, they'll, they'll pretend they're injured. I see. She just flew off and went round the corner. But then at about this time of evening, I just glimpsed a male nightjar flying in and he, he landed yeah. where I'd flushed the female, which I thought, well, right. So there might be something. That's interesting because she'll often um, sit where she's going to lay and then he, he, he didn't appear for five or ten minutes and then he came and he, I saw him creep and landed over here somewhere and he's still quiet. So they, nest, they nest on the ground, don't yes. they? Just a yeah. scrape in there. It's not even a scrape, no. just on the bed. And um, the male, so the female sits tight during the day and the male takes yeah, over. Yeah, the, the, the female is sitting on the eggs all day and then at dusk you know, you, you're just hoping you can, if you're in the right spot, you hope you can see him yeah. fly along and and um, call her off, you know, she'll flick it, flit it, you know, so you can see one fly like this and then mm. next thing you know, there's two. I but see, it, they come know, up. then it's somewhere by you. But at the moment, I don't expect these have got any eggs, it, it, but it, I might pick up a clue as to where they're going to have a nest. So they, um, they're migrants, they arrive quite late May, yeah, May yeah and then probably middle of May they might arrive really so after chart. the swifts even yeah mm. and then they will lay their eggs usually by the end of May beginning of June the first lot but they will keep coming you know they you know you can get birds that have the males are flying around and there's no female and then all of a sudden a female turn up in June from from somewhere really she'll just be traveling up yeah from she's well she may have even been on another clear fall where yeah. there isn't any males or whatever you, if you want, if you do me a favour, if yeah. you went down opposite that, because it's going to get close to see that. Mm. Where the, well, if you went halfway between this stick and the corner, yeah, okay. What's been happening the last couple of nights when I've been is a male has gone down over the, and it, then it's chasing around another bird just down there. Mm. And I can't see whether it's a male or a female. You know the difference between the two, don't you? you, you better he's got the me. white spots on his wings. Oh, right, so you see she, the white she, flat. If you yeah. can see them, you know, yeah, you can't okay. always, and she hasn't. Mm. And then this the other night is when they came and a pair of them went and landed up like that. So you can I'll, see a very straight stick. Yeah, I see but there's a there's a big pile of upturned soil sticking up. Got it. They were by there. So it's <laughs> just that I, when I'm looking from you, I'm trying to watch this spot. You watch that and I'll watch down here. Yeah, and then we'll... And you we'll, might, we'll, you we'll, see, we'll what we're looking for is something coming off the ground or going on the ground. Right. I'll, I'll take a stick to mark where... Uh, yeah. You know, you might just spot something I can't see you. Oh, well, I'll have a go. Or down And you know the noise they make, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Cool, all right. I will. Um, yeah, we'll, we we'll, we'll, got covering that piece down there. Yeah. Well, if I can be of, if I can be of any use, yeah, that's. Yeah, uh, might be of some value. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be some value. So I've got a job now. Nightjar spotter. Extraordinaire. Um, there is untold delights here of beautiful 
interesting uh, wildflowers and bellifers. Uh, what looks like ragwort, but it isn't. There's lots of tall umbellifers, sort of hogweeds, uh, willow herb, and loads of foxgloves. Lots of bramble. It's just a gorgeous sight, sort of pale salmon pink sky. I'm peering up a hill. It's quite steep and scrubby. This was a forest up until and I think it was cut down about three years ago so it's not much regrowth just these wildflowers and the odd little birch birch will be the first thing to come back up strange noise I think that's a sheep cough yeah a sheep coughing in the field Hiccuping. So still. So there were swallows just dipping over in the twilight, and it is twilight now. You can hear, you can hear motorbikes on the distant road, like little wasps. <laughs> I can see moths coming up. So it's about, what are we now? Quarter to ten? Still relatively light. You can read a book. It's getting quite dark. There's a big oak tree just below me. More bats going by. More bats. So the bats are out before the night jars. The sheep have all sat down in the field. So they're all um, definitely gone to, gone to bed. Now if we're lucky, we might hear the unearthly call of the, the song of the night jar. I think they've just seen one up further up. There's a large bird just flew low over. So night jars are also known as goat suckers. From Familiar Birds, Walter Swaysland, 1903. This interesting bird rejoices in a variety of titles. And in almost every locality with which it is frequently met with, is known by some familiar name. Hence, it is variously spoken of as goatsucker, doorhawk, nighthawk, fern owl, wheelbird, jar owl, churn owl, and other names more or less suggestive of the bird's habits and peculiarities. Because they're weird birds, they're very cryptic coloured, by which I mean they're disguised they can disguise themselves as a branch or a twig and obviously they're nighttime birds they've got this weird call so people associated them with the dark the bad and goat suckers and moths just coming down feeble far gosh the sky is just going more orange oh here come here is one here's one gentle like a sort of dart it's doing it's amazing it's like a paper dart, slow wing flaps, and a big fan tail, and now it's perched on top of a little twig. 
quite a long way from me. Really good little. And there's its song. yards from it. That's quite loud. I'd love to get closer. Wasland. Though dull and quiescent in daylight, the bird is vastly different when its feeding time has arrived. Then its whole character changes. It suddenly becomes possessed of marvellous powers of flight and exhibits an endurance of motive power and elegance of movement that places it in the very first rank of accomplished flyers. Now dashing past, almost within grasping distance, now wheeling around some old oak or chestnut tree, now rising high into the air, now gradually descending, now sweeping forwards in a series of graceful curves, one moment visible and the next lost in gloom. It may well be doubted whether any bird can possibly excel the nightjar in grace of movement. Looks 
problem is the second level. It's incredible to find this. So it's just a bit far away now. I'm learning so much about night jars. My learning curve is so steep. That's the male who chairs. And they're doing quite well, Steve was saying. like a 40 a day sheep really should look to give them up the fags but then you know if you're standing around in a field all day what else are you going to do although they do get to listen to the chorus of night jars from this strange hill Peacock. There are some big houses down in the valley, no doubt. I can just make out the silhouettes in the distance of Steve and John. It's weird, I'm alone with some coughing sheep, the black mountains to the north of me and the twinkling lights of Abergavenny. Um, and this weird Orchestra of how would you describe it? It's almost electronic. There it goes again. It's quite creepy. It feels like something out of a quite a mass. One of those sixties space horrors. inexplicably creepy. Oh here we go, there's one up in the air. Because it's a quick but he's a bit far away from me. So I guess that's the sort of this is the lullaby. The mating call. Each, each to their own. It does send a little shiver up my spine. Yeah it's definitely two. Steve's patience to try and find the nests of these birds. Oh, he has got Buster the dog to help him, but um, they're incredibly difficult to see. <laughs> no sheep. Oh, yeah, nice. Um. <laughs> oh, here it goes. Here we go. So, coming out right beside me, flying towards. Oh, coming back now, coming back. Flick, flick, flick. Wing beats, flick, flick, flick. I've got to watch. 
which way this one goes down oh it's perched on top of an oak tree okay I've got to keep service. I've spotted where the night jars went down. Funny little wing beating going on, wasn't there? It was as if the male's song teased the female up. So I've put my stick down, pointing towards the nest. Where I hope the nest is. Gosh, I hope don't send Steve off in a wild goose chase. That was sort of my mission. Oh, here's one. One's taking off. I settled down on a branch really close to me. I can see it's. Oh, it's got this up again. Okay, still up. Is he going to chair again? Is it the female? Yeah, there we go. interesting to see his little white wingtips and you give that little whoop. and I was told that you could flap a white handkerchief and that would get them excited because that's what his wingtips look like you have great eyesight in this gloom silhouetted against the western sky. Doip, doip. When I woke up this morning I didn't think I'd be hearing night chants by the end of the day. Weep, there's another one up. Always means there's one in the air. It's sort of core to the ground. Very distinctive long tails, these little gliding, buoyant flight. Flitting between the scrubby, scrubby horse horns, or I just have to keep my voice down. 
Did you manage to pinpoint? Did you manage to pinpoint? Well, I, I don't think they've got us an exact spot yet. Yeah. It seems to me that they're still fannying around. Oh, you okay. know. But the places they go are worth noting. You yeah, know. I thought I've got this stick here, and there was definitely further down. I've put a stick where I thought two of the female went in. Yeah. You know. How long was she down? A long time, yeah. Was she? Yeah, it seemed what? to be. Well, they, they they were doing a lot of flying around here. You probably saw. Yeah, I, could, I saw the one come here and I could see there are two there and I couldn't mm. make out whether they were male and female. They're male and female, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Rony, yeah. Yeah, and then they flitted over there and they went down. I put, I put a stick and yeah. I can show you the bush where, yeah. where they did. And then, um, I mean, it's difficult in this, in this twilight. Yeah. To well, you don't even know if you're looking at the same yeah, yeah, birds. Yeah. These year, this... The pair that you can see fanning around yeah. here, I'm sure, are this failed one, Jure, and right. she's in the process of, you know, he, he's following her around and she's landing here and landing mm. just there. So he's following her and he's, this is a mating. Dance, yeah, she's just like, making him, and he'll, he'll often land and do a low little cheering noise, yeah. like a brrrr, like that on the floor, mm. trying to coax her right, to a, a spot. Crooning, yeah. But I so they do they make the noise with their syrinx, or is it? Um, how do they make? That? Well, I think it is. I think that that, that they just vibrate. When, the, when you pick pick a chick up, yeah. it'll it'll open his mouth like enormous like that, and you yeah. can see the um, sphinx in the back opening and closing. Ah, right. So I'm assuming that that is what um, controls the churin. Do, are they quieting down now, or will they? Continue yeah, for well, a bit if they've got nests, the yeah. the. Um, the changeover, you know, she'll come off to feed. Yeah. He'll often sit on the eggs. He doesn't always. Or sometimes mm. he'll just go with her, and and um, the egg, the eggs are left. Mm. You know, they're, they're all right, and they're only off about twenty minutes, twenty minutes, twenty five minutes. Yeah. And then, uh, if she's been off and he's on the eggs, he, he'll he'll come back and he'll come off again. Right. Then often you might get a period of protracted cheering because mm. he's he's done his bit. Then she's. She's fed. Yeah. She's back on the eggs. He'll then have a long burst of cheering, you know. As a sort of territorial thing, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah just telling all the others to stay away. I see. Yeah. And um, it's an eerie old sound. Yeah, not, and so not. some of these will have chicks, mm. you know, because they, some of these males will have chicks. Uh, you know, I, I can't watch them all, so I suppose yeah, if yeah. you were watching here, I could do with half a dozen people really strung yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. They say, I've been around the corner. So like a new night jazz are in the distance. Yes, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of like mm. a bit of a chorus going on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what so, an amazing sight. So we it? had one. Oh, he's gone on the path, Buster. Stay there. He's right there now. No, he's settling. Stay there. He's actually settled on the path. No, it's fed up. So now. Buster, yeah. stay there. He's about ten meters up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She's on the... Oh, here we go. 
keep an eye on that when I'm watching one on the bar. Two of them off in the oak tree here. Are they two males? Oh, it's right by here. Uh, one male, one female. There's a female here Is behind it? us. This one. Yeah. Oh, look, look. I can't follow them. It's so quick. There we go. Back around us. Three, three, three birds. Just I, I don't know for sure. They do sometimes pick up a little bit of grit. Or for egg making or for Yeah, but or, or grinding up gastronomy. Beetles that they're eating, you know. Oh, okay. But they I don't think that's the only reason. Because they can take quite big prey with those mouths. Yeah. yeah. yeah moths a lot of but yeah. beetles as well. And really sometimes what I do is I I'll sometimes walk up in there. Yeah. And then they'll get agitated. They'll fly around, wink, 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 yeah. you know, uh, telling you, uh, you can't find the nest because it's too gloomy, yeah. but it, it's telling you it's there, so you can come back in the day. So will you ring the youngsters? Huh? You'll ring the youngsters, yeah. will you? Yeah. yeah, okay. How often do you manage to recover? Oh, very rarely. It must, where do they spend our winter then? Where, where do they go? Are they uh, I think they're in... Um, I think they're in West Africa, I think. Right. It's certainly sub-Saharan Africa, yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah. And they'll, they'll hang around for till end of August? Or um, later? No, I don't know. It should be, yeah. Yeah, it's got the second brood, yeah. Yeah, okay. Lovely smell coming off the, is it the foxglove? Yeah. Amazing. This one is. Uh, I know, he's, he's still always, going now. He's cheering whenever I go back to the car. Mm. You know, and oh, he goes on for ages. He's loud too. Night. I know, I know. Very loud. Don't know whether it's the trees around him. That, mm, know. I know, it is loud. Yeah. And I've stood there and I thought, oh, I'll watch him a minute and watch this now and see what he, what he does. Mm. And he's cheering and he just, <laughs> he just cheers. And I'm thinking, do something. You know? Yeah. But because uh, that's always this time of night, I, I'm not. Yeah. There's like, a female here. Oh, she right. flew around my head. What's I that? thought she was going to land on me. <laughs> was she making a noise? No, not a lot. She went and she sat up on a, a branch and then no cheering or anything, no noise. She flew back then to where she came from. She came off the ground. Did she? Yeah. And then she went back to that spot and then the cheering started and I saw something. It's difficult because you're against a tree there. Yeah. I just got the binoculars on it in time, it flew back down to the same spot. Never. And then the cheering started on it. I don't know when I back here, best in the day. Can you remember, you, can you know that spot in the day? I'll show you it now if you want. Yeah, exact spot. On another path. Okay, this is a wonderful place to explore. I can't believe I've never been here. <laughs> I love Steve's 
absolute enthusiasm. Totally, totally committed. Let's see if I can get really close to this endlessly cheering night jar. Who doesn't do anything but cheer? different where I am. There's an amphitheatre of trees. That noise is wing clapping, which is what the um, night jars also do. What a weird sound that was. Hello Buster. Was there a so that wing clapping, is yeah. that part of the display as well? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just sort of extreme excitement. All right. <laughs> and they got what they call, they describe it as a terminal rundown. Right. So he's, and he goes, <laughs> goes down like that. Yeah, like switched off the engine yeah. and it's cooling off, yeah. yeah this is a... See, I think once they've done their business, they then spend more time cheering. Yeah. Really? Well, I think. Yeah. Because now they've exchanged at the nest, they've done what they've got to do, they've had a bit of food, and and then they spend a bit of time then later on doing a lot of cheering. Yeah. Whereas earlier on, he's relieving her at the nest store. Do you want to if you're close to a nest, they get agitated. Mm. That's the female making that. They go around like that, you know. Yeah, is that the female doing that, or the male? No, makes it's a that male. Yeah. 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 Well, I've increased my night jar knowledge massively tonight. <laughs> what usually happens is you end don't, up. Finding... Don't listen to him; he'll just get it all wrong. <laughs> what usually happens is that you come out and end up going home. More confusing when it started. If you've improved your knowledge, if you've improved your knowledge, let us know what it is. <laughs> yeah, it just about fits on the back of a postage stamp now, so you can see how little I had beforehand. There's no set rule. So, how often are you coming here then? To well, uh, do you come here often? It's a bit of an anti-social time to go out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. My son's home, and he said he wanted to. Well, he, I think I coaxed him to come tonight. Yeah. So, but when did they fell this? I haven't been here for two years. Ah, uh, uh, it's going to be two years. Two years. Oh, yeah, okay. it's not last year. So this was a larch wood, was it? This was all mature larch. Right. All of it was mature larch. And and last year. It, I was tempted to come, but it looked a bit of a. It didn't look like. It it benefits from a little bit of growth. Right, I and see. it was a bit bloody bare and scarred last year. Yeah. But it's you know now the foxgloves have grown in bits and pieces. It just looks so much better. Well, it is, isn't it? Yeah, see? yeah, fantastic. It looks the sort of place you might find at adders and things like that. Yeah, I'm or, sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Just don't sound natural. Absolutely brilliant sound. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, I'm just gonna grab a bit of Song of the Nightjar. harmless, unoffending goat sucker, from the time of Aristotle down to the present day, has been in disgrace with man. Father has handed down to son and author to author that this nocturnal thief subsists by milking the flocks. Poor, injured little bird of night. How sadly hast thou suffered, and how foul a stain has inattention to facts put upon thy character, Thou hast never robbed man of any part of his property, nor deprived the kid of a drop of milk. Naturalist Charles Waterton, 1826. And that's Hannah Tribe there, ending the podcast with that lovely reading. I'm sure you can tell from my voice throughout that just how thrilling it was to spend an evening with Nightjars and hear Steve reveal a few of their secrets. I'll hopefully be joining Steve again for an adventure with honey buzzards later in the year. A huge thank you to Steve and to Hannah Tribe for the atmospheric readings about goat suckers and nighthawks. I do hope you enjoyed that episode. And join us next week when we discover the science behind why being outside in nature is essential for a healthy life when we talk to author Lucy Jones about her wonderful book, Losing Eden. For now, thank you for listening and please do leave some feedback on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. You've been listening to the BBC Country Farm magazine blogcast produced by Jack Bateman. Goodbye for now.